Bible prophesied of a unique time on earth, Israel would be returned to her land, the church would turn to false doctrines, technology would increase, and wickedness and immorality would run rampant. The time spoken of so long ago has come. Join Charlie Garrett as he breaks down these events for us as they unfold each week. Let's see, today is May 17th, it's Sunday, it's time for the Prophecy Update of the Week. And uh, as always, it's been one of those busy weeks that we have to uh, just kind of live through. People still in lockdown here and there, people frustrated here and there, Democrats forcing their will on the the masses, and it's just been going on and on. But I thought uh, I'd start our Prophecy Update today with a, uh, just a news article from uh, Thomas Luongo from Gold, Goats, and Guns. It's a very long article. I cut it in half. The first half was setting up his premise. The second half is uh, uh, his conclusions in it. So I'm going to kind of read the conclusions. Obviously, no, he's speaking about the enemy. These people obviously missed the key point about Goebbels' big lie theory of propaganda. For it to work, there has to be a nugget of truth to wrap the lie in before you can repeat it endlessly to make it real. And that's why Russiagate is dead. Long live Obamagate. Obama's people have been covering for him for nearly four years now. They have been exposed as bald-faced liars by the transcripts of their impeachment testimonies to Adam Schiff and the House Intelligence Committee. I would call it the Unintelligence Committee, but there you go. None of them were willing to testify under oath and be guilty of perjury to the effect that Trump was colluding with the Russians but they'd say it on TV, Twitter, and anywhere else they could go to attack Trump with patent nonsense. Now that the heat is rising and the apparatus they use to control turns its attention to what they did, enough of them will roll over and give Attorney General William Barr what he wants. Some of them will fall on their sword for Obama. But I don't think Trump will be satisfied with that. He has to know that Obama is the key to draining the swamp if it is, in fact, his goal. Because if he doesn't attack Obama now, Obama will be formidable in October. Both men are fighting for their lives at this point. Trump was supposed to roll over and play nice, but Pat Buchanan rightly had him pegged at the beginning of this back in January 2017, saying that Trump wasn't like Nixon. He wouldn't walk away to protect the office of the presidency. He would fight to the bitter end because that is who he is. And here we are coming into the home stretch, and the bitter end is staring these people in the face. They've lost all credibility, corrupted whole swaths of the federal government beyond recognition, and activated every resource they have in the media and the chattering classes to make manifest a bald-faced lie. And it didn't work. Now the desperation sets in. The exoneration of General Michael Flynn, the release of transcripts and conflicting stories told by John Brennan, James Clapper, James Comey, and the rest, all traitors, I would add, all the rest point to something beyond sinister. You can smell the fear now. From Bill Crystal to John Brennan, they can see the end of their project. Whether it was for a new American neocon century or just the cynical push for a transnational oligarchy based Around the European Union, their utopian dreams have run into the immovable object of a people refusing to believe their lies anymore. And if you look just a little farther into the future, once Obamagate is behind us, one where Trump is re-elected, we'll hope that's true, you'll see the end of something far bigger, the end of what I am now calling Boomerville. 
We've all been sucked into this fantasy of money for nothing and wars for free that we can, as Ron Paul so elegantly for years has said it, have both guns and butter. Boomerville is that mythic image of a better world filled with toxic egalitarianism and that we can issue endless debt we owe to ourselves to pay for it all. It's a Marxist world of power for power's sake that lowers everyone's status to that of worker drones while building them up to be heroes in a story only playing out in their own minds. Russiagate was the last-ditch effort to kill off the revolt of the remnant, to take their Messiah, the orange Jesus himself, Trump, I didn't like that terminology, but he's probably not a Christian, and paint him as the worst thing possible. They painted the picture that he was what they actually were. And by extension, us too. Those are fighting words. It's Alinsky 101. Accuse your opponent of that which you are. Force them to defend themselves against the baseless and the false until they are either shamed into submission or crack under the pressure. I warned for a long time that Trump was not that guy, that his unique set of skills and his personal faults, his vindictiveness, his narcissism, and his disagreeableness were his greatest strengths. He could outlast Russiagate and eventually turn it around onto the people who started it. And that's where we are now. Russiagate is once is now Obamagate and backed by an army who understand that his fight is their fight. Trump needs to end this once and for all between now and November. That's where this ends with Boomerville being overrun by the deplorables and the resistance still trying to figure out why none of it worked. So there you go with that. Heavenly Father, we lift up our president. We lift him up that you would be with him and give him wisdom in this true battle of good versus evil. He may not be a good person individually, but he is seeking that which is right for this nation. And so we pray for him in that capacity as our president and that uh, he would put you first in all things, bowing his knee to you and seeking your face and your wisdom and surrounding himself with good counselors that will give him wisdom against these people who are so treacherous, so depraved, and so morally corrupt. Lord, we pray this, that you will be glorified in this nation once again, and we pray it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. All right, we have our first category. Oh, wait, before we do, I had some friends come and stay with me last night, and then they're here in church today. It's Eric, Teresa, and Chelsea, who I've never met before, and I want to welcome them, and uh, it's good to have you back at the church once again. And uh, I hope you had a good time. I, uh, I, you never know. I kind of snore when I sleep, so I may have woke up the whole house. But anyway, it was wonderful having you guys here. Um, our first category, as always, is Israel. And from the Times of Israel, three Gulf states reach out to Israel for help battling COVID-19 pandemic. Now, I'm kind of over the whole coronavirus thing, but it still takes up most of the news. And it's funny how something like this will cause alliances that never existed before to start to strengthen. And so we have Gulf states reaching out to the Israeli state. Three states in the Arab Gulf are actively engaged in cooperation with Israel's health system, with one having recently asked for help installing an advanced telemedicine system to confront the coronavirus pandemic. Top representatives from Bahrain and the UAE have been in regular touch with the Sheba Medical Center since before the current health crisis. But in March, a high-ranking member of the Emirati royal family privately visited the hospital in Ramat Gan and has since remained in weekly contact. 
In addition, a third country in the Gulf that is not known to have strong ties with Israel recently reached out to Sheba with a request for help installing telemedicine solutions to treat COVID-19 patients from afar. Haravan refused to name the third country, but it was likely referring to Kuwait. There is a growing readiness to interact with us, even openly in the health sphere, he said. These things happen slowly, but they happen, maybe not at the intergovernmental level as we would like, but things are happening. Haravan said he was certain that the job the unnamed country gave Sheba will lead to future cooperation between the two governments. So that's rather wonderful to see that these Arab states are actually yielding and meeting up with Israelis and actually coming to visit Israel. Okay, that's great. From 246 Mag, Christian Channel seems to have deceived Israeli cable company to proselytize to Jews in Hebrew. Don't get excited. It's actually not true. This is a commentary and the guy is all upset and I thought I'd give you the state of mind of Jews in uh, Israel even to this day. At its root, the entire idea of proselytization is anti-Semitic, okay? You have faith in something and you try to tell somebody else about that faith and it's now anti-Semitic. Whereas their job as Jewish people, I'm not talking about non-believers, I'm talking about Jewish people are supposed to be the ones that are a light to the nations, according to books like Isaiah. And they've never, never done that. They've always remained uh, isolated within themselves. I'm not talking, once again, about Messianic Christian Jewish believers. I'm talking about the Jewish population as a whole. After all, the entire point is that Jewish teachings are wrong and Christianity has supplanted Israel. Well, that's misunderstanding the entire premise of Christianity. We haven't supplanted it. We have, it is further revelation from God. It is the completion of God's revelation. It's not supplanting it. It is, if you go through the book of Acts, that is completely apparent because Paul and all of the people that are accused by the Romans throughout the empire of starting a new religion are always thrown back into Judaism, always, and showing that it is religio licita, meaning a legitimate religion because it falls under the greater umbrella of Judaism. In other words, it is an extension and a completion, a fulfillment of Judaism. So he's got that wrong as well, okay? Millions of Jews were martyred for defending their faith, and the implication of the proselytizers is that they either died for no reason or, at worst, they deserved it for rejecting Christian teachings. I will not say that personally. I will say that if you go read Leviticus 26, which is the Lord's punishments against Israel for doing exactly that, you can make your own decision. And it is also referred to in the third person, I'm sorry, the second person where Moses says the Lord will in Deuteronomy 28. First person, I will do these things to you in Leviticus 26, Deuteronomy 28, the Lord will do these things to you. You go make your own decision uh, about that. This is profoundly offensive as a result of millennia of being cajoled, prodded, intimidated, fooled, or forced into embracing a religion that is utterly incompatible with Judaism, once again, not understanding at all that it is completely compatible with it because it is the fulfillment of it, Jews are understandably sickened by modern attempts to convert Jews. It took Vatican II, which this is where it gets really bad to me, uh, for the church to say that Jews were not responsible for killing Jesus and to reject the anti-Semitism. Now, I'll 
I'm going down a little bit. That's just the first half of them. That's not what gets me upset. We're all responsible for killing Jesus, every person. Anti-Semitism that underlined centuries of persecution and forced conversions, and only in comparatively recent times have major Christian denominations started to say, here it is, that Jews have a place in heaven without conversion. John Hagee et al. These people are dual covenantalists. They say that you can be saved by the law of Moses. They are heretics, and they will pay for their heresy. But we'll go on. In 2011, the Pope, another heretic, explicitly wrote that the church should not try to convert the Jews anymore. So he's on the same level as John Hagee, teaching heresy and not following through with the gospel of Jesus Christ, which he mandated to do. All right. There you go. As this new attitude started spreading, Jews started slowly accepting the idea that some Christians could be Zionist without an agenda of trying to set up an end times scenario like John Hagee and the Vatican. The new improved relations between Jews and Christians have taken a while to be accepted by Jews as being heartfelt. But over time, Jews have felt more comfortable working together with Christians without the horrible history of Christian anti-Semitism being recalled. Which is why this new channel from God TV that somehow was allowed to be put on Israeli cable TV is such a punch in the gut. Oh, poor guy. Characterizing the channel as being geared towards Christians and then announcing that it is meant to bring the gospel to the Jews recalls the deceptions of the past Christian missionizers. This is profoundly offensive, especially in Israel, and a time that Christians have just started to be trusted by Jews to not have an agenda. This channel hurts the cause of Jewish-Christian relations immeasurably. It's not true. They are there doing exactly what they said they were going to do. They did nothing deceitful. This person hates Christianity and what it stands for. And what I would hope is that this man would come to Christ and be another Apostle Paul someday and actually tell people about the glory of Jesus Christ. But he, everything he said was completely wrong, except the part about the Vatican and people like John Hagee you know, taking their values and throwing them out the window and saying that we don't need to convert Jews. It's okay. They're condemning them to eternity in the wrong place by doing that. From the Jerusalem Post, United States, Israel should rethink China's participation in desalinization plant. Now, nothing was said about this when Pompeo went a couple days ago, but I bet this was talked about. The U.S. government sent a warning to Israel regarding a Chinese company bidding to construct the world's largest desalinization plant, which will be in Kibbutz Palmachim and cost more than 5 billion shekels. The Trump admin has looked into the company and the finance ministry is expected to announce its findings on May 24th. They were also concerned about the Chinese going in and taking over the port of Haifa, okay? The Americans have been delivering messages gently and politely, but obviously they want us to re-examine the participation of the Chinese company in the tender. The plant called Sorek 2 is expected to be able to produce 2,000 metric cubic feet of desalinated water annually and supply 25% of Israel's water consumption. In October 2019, after three years of deliberations and intensive pressure from Washington concerned about the scope of Chinese investments in Israel, Jerusalem announced it will establish an advisory committee to vet foreign investments. So I bet you Pompeo brought this up during that conversation. They talked about Iran and this and that, but these things are really a sore spot because the Chinese are getting their fingers in to all kinds of countries, and then they get their hand above that country, and all of a sudden the country becomes indebted to China. This has happened all over the world, and they're planning on doing this to Israel now. From Christian News, 
From the Christian headlines, a biblical scholar says COVID-19 is very serious foreshadowing of the end times. Ooh, yay, you can go sell more books now. I mean, anybody that is a Christian scholar that writes a lot of prophecy books, don't buy his books. I mean, you can only say things so many times without being repetitive and repetitive and making stuff up as you go, and wrong. I mean, this is not nearly as bad as the virus back in 1917, and yet... It's a sign of the end times. So people need to get a grip on themselves about these things and don't buy the book. Okay, Epic Times, court halts ban on Kentucky church gatherings. U.S. District Judge Gregory F. Van Tattenhove issued a temporary restraining order in joining Governor Andy Bashir's admin from enforcing the ban on mass gatherings at any in-person religious service which adheres to applicable social distancing and hygiene guidelines. The ruling cited with the Tabernacle Baptist Church in Nicholsville, but it applies to all places of worship around the Commonwealth. Good job. Bashir acknowledged the court order, saying that his safety guidelines for places of worship would now go into effect immediately. He urged churches to follow the requirements if they choose to hold services or postpone gatherings if they cannot. The federal judge's order in the Tabernacle Baptist Church case said Bashir had an honest motive in wanting to safeguard Kentucky and self and lives, but didn't provide a compelling reason for using his authority to limit a citizen's right to freely exercise something we value greatly, the right of every American to follow their conscience on matters related to religion, something that has been thrown out the window by almost every Democrat governor in this nation. Yeah. Tabernacle had broadcast services on Facebook and held drive-in services, but the substitutes offered cold comfort, according to the opinion. The opinion went on to say that Tabernacle alleged irreparable injury and was likely to succeed on the merits of its federal constitutional claim, as the defendants didn't dispute the challenged orders place a burden on the federal exercise of religion in Kentucky. The Constitution will endure. It would be easy to put it on the shelf in times like this to be pulled down and dusted off when more convenient, Van Tottenhove's opinion read, but that is not our tradition. Its enduring quality requires that it be respected even when it is hard. I like this judge. I feel like writing him a letter, and maybe I will if I think of it this week and I have time. Good decision on his part. We have nine and a half people in church today, so we're doing our part as well. From Crux, Pope joins interreligious prayer begging God to end pandemic. It is A-OK with Christians to join interdenominational prayer. That means all Christians, if you're a denomination that holds to the deity of Jesus Christ, the Trinity, etc., you can pray with those other Christians all you want and indeed do so. But the Bible does not allow in any way, shape, or form for you to pray with other religions. That is forbidden, Old Testament and New. During his early morning mass, Pope Francis joined leaders of every religion, marking May 14th as a day of prayer, fasting, and acts of charity to ask God to stop the coronavirus pandemic. During the Pope's mass, live streamed from the chapel of the Domus Sancte Marthe, he said he could imagine some people would say that gathering believers of all religions to pray for a common cause is religious relativism, and you can't do it. I would be one of them, because the Lord God does not allow it, okay? This man is a heretic. But how can you not pray to the Father of all? That's a category mistake. God is the Father of all humanity, but he is not the Father of all 
religious worshipers. There's a difference between the two. We are all united as human beings, as brothers and sisters, praying to God, each according to our own culture, traditions, and beliefs, but brothers and sisters praying to God. This man destroys any meaning of the cross of Jesus Christ. Any meaning at all. There is no meaning to the cross of Jesus because of what that man says. He is saying that all religions are on an equal footing. I'm acknowledging the prayers of Muslims. I'm acknowledging the prayers of Buddhists, etc., etc. And that means that their gods are on the same level as the true God. That is heresy. And this man is a heretic. It's a very bad place that he has put the church into, and he continues to do it. And I just feel terrible about it. But that's the way it is. Okay, so um, having said that, next article. Good morning, Mrs. Garrett. How are you? Breitbart, Illinois governor. No religious services for more than 50 until vaccine or treatment widely available. So he's another Democrat squashing the rights of Christians. Illinois Governor Pritzker's plan to reopen his state calls for bans of gatherings of more than 50 people, including worship services, until a vaccine or treatment for the coronavirus is widely available. Well, it may never come. They've already acknowledged that. They have no idea if they'll ever find one. The Democrat, of course, released his five-phase plan titled Restoring Illinois, which says even at phase four, called revitalization, 50 or fewer would be permitted at any gatherings as long as testing and tracing are widely conducted. The state is currently in phase two, or flattening the curve, as the rate of infection is slowing. According to the most recent data, Illinois is the fourth most affected state in the nation, with 73,760 total cases of COVID-19 and 3,241 deaths. Nursing home deaths accounted for 44% of Illinois' fatalities due to the coronavirus. Okay, so he says that no church can have more than 50 people in it which is completely stupid because you could have a church with 100 seats and 50 people in it, or you could have a church with 4,000 seats, which I sat in one of those when I was up in Chicago some years ago, and you can only have 50 people. Absolutely insane, yeah. From Islam today, Art Shiva, PLO says, secession of payments to convicted terrorists is declaration of war by Israel. Fatah's Revolutionary Council condemns security orders in Judea and Samaria, which would expose Palestinian banks to fines and imprisonment if they continue transferring Palestinian funds to security prisoners' bank accounts. In response to the order, Palestinian banks froze the terrorist accounts, but promised to reopen them in defiance of the order's banning facilitation of payments to terrorists. In a statement, Issued over the weekend, the PLO claimed the Israeli orders were a violation and an end to diplomatic and economic agreements between Israel and the Palestinian Authority. The PLO's Revolutionary Council noted that it sees this step as a declaration of war against the holiest issue for the Palestinian conscience and existence. The holiest issue to them is to pay people that have killed Jews to give incentive for more of those people to kill more Jews. It is emphasized that the Palestinian nation will not allow the order to be implemented, nor will it allow implementation of additional decisions such as annexing parts of Judea and Samaria, which the PLO sees as expressing the logic of the criminal and terrorist Zion occupation. From the Al Jamainer, Palestinian banks targeted with violence after closing accounts of terrorists. So they went ahead and they closed them, and now they're getting threats. A series of violent incidents occurred in the West Bank and Gaza Strip over the last few days as Palestinians have reacted with fury to the closure of bank accounts held by terrorists imprisoned in Israel and their families. 
The bank accounts were closed due to an Israeli order that the banks themselves would be considered collaborators with terrorism if the accounts, which are regularly replenished by the Palestinian Authority as part of its so-called pay-for-slay policy, were left open. Over the past month, the banks have sent letters to prisoners and their families, including of those already released, saying they should close their accounts before the Israeli order went into force on May 9th. Some banks have gone so far as to refuse to transfer PA payments into the accounts in question. So there you are, Times of Israel. Israel fumes after EU says Palestinian terror supporters can still get funds. So the EU is supporting paid to slay. Israel reacted angrily to a letter in which a senior EU official assured the Palestinians that membership in or affinity to a terrorist organization does not automatically prevent a person from being eligible to participate in EU-funded programs. While the EU insists that no money goes to individuals pursuing terror activities, Israel is protesting the fact that Brussels says funds can still go to projects or programs that will benefit supporters of an outlawed group such as a grant to a researcher who is also affiliated with Hamas. Okay, if the European Union gives $7 million to the Palestinian Authority, and they say this isn't for paying terrorists, but the Palestinian Authority takes $7 million from somewhere else and pays the terrorists, it's the exact same thing, which is why our president stopped this completely. Until you stop doing this, you get nothing. And they've got nothing from the United States because of it. But the EU says it's okay to give them money as long as they don't use it on paying terrorists, but... They can still pay the terrorists because they have the money coming in anyway. We view this letter with great severity. This is in violation to all of our agreements with the EU, and we intend to send a strong message to its representatives about this. The Strategic Affairs Ministry, which is charged with countering the anti-Israeli BDS movement, slammed the block as well. In a response, a ministry spokesperson cited its long-standing claim that the EU funds pro-Palestinian NGOs that promote BDS and in some cases have ties to terrorist organizations. From Zero Hedge, Turkey has recruited 11,000 mostly Syrian mercenaries to fight in Libya. Kind of goes with what I was talking about last week. The Syrian Observatory for Human Rights, based in Britain, reported that the number of mercenaries recruited by Turkey to fight in Libya had risen to about 11,000, including 261 killed in combat. The observatory said that new batches of hundreds of Syrian fighters have arrived in Libya via Turkey where they are expected to fight alongside Tripoli's GNA forces against the LNA led by Field Marshal Khalifa Haftar. Remember last week, the Russians were supporting Haftar, but the Russians are also supporting Turkey. So it doesn't matter who wins, Russia wins. According to the SOHR statistics, the number of conscripts who have reached Libyan territory so far are about 7850, among them a non-Syrian group, while the number of conscripts who arrived in the Turkish camps to receive training amounted to about 3,000 recruits. The United Nations earlier condemned the flow of arms and foreign fighters into Libya, but did not directly comment on reports and accusations that Turkey was sending fighters linked to ISIS and al-Qaeda to operate as mercenaries in Libya. So there's the update on that from Haaretz. U.S. says Russia is working with Syria's Assad to move militia to Libya. So Russia has its finger in the pie after all. The U.S. and the U.N. have warned against the deepening footprint of Russian private contractor forces while Turkey and the EUAE have also deployed drones, according to diplomats. Jim Jeffrey, U.S. Special Envoy for Syria, said the battlefield could even get more complicated. 
we know that certainly the Russians are working with Assad to transfer militia fighters, possibly third country, possibly Syrian, to Libya, as well as equipment. Russia's got its fingers in deep in Libya, and it's on purpose because we know exactly what's coming. Libya will join with this coalition and come against Israel. From Breitbart, despite ISIS fall and coronavirus, first week of Ramadan, which I reported on two weeks ago, was deadlier than 2019. So they compared last year to this year, and they were blowing up more people. And speaking of that, from the religion of peace, the Ramadan Bombathon, day 16, which was yesterday, 112 attacks, 499 killed. The religion of peace. Mongolia, Xinhua, Mongolia reported no new cases of COVID-19 with its total number of confirmed cases standing at 42. According to the country's NCCD, one more patient has recovered from the disease, bringing the total number of recoveries in the country to 14. All confirmed 42 cases, including four foreign nationals, are imported. Mongolia has reported no local transmissions and deaths so far. Hey, good job, Mongolia. Daniel 12 Technology. Anybody see Lawnmower Man? The movie Lawnmower? Yeah, I got side. Wasn't that kind of weird? Yeah. This is kind of weird, too. Hollywood Reporter. A portal. Tell me this stuff. Think of Lawnmower Man while I'm reading this to you. A portal between digital and physical worlds. It's close to reality. In Lawnmower Man, the guy gets into this thing and he takes certain drugs to help him stimulate and he gets into this thing that looks like a, a ball that he swings around in and they have him hooked up to stuff and he starts getting into the digital world. He becomes actually, at the end of it, a part of it. I didn't mean to give away the movie, but it's pretty good anyway, so go watch it. You'll like it. Um, I don't know if it has any cussing. It was years and years ago that I saw it, so I'm not endorsing a movie that has a lot of cussing, but it was very interesting. Ben Grossman wants to marry the physical and the digital, exploring what he describes as a mirror world, a connection between a physical place and a digital copy of that place, so that it becomes accessible to anyone anywhere. We've been working on creating a digital twin of a very large site that's a few square kilometers so that it will exist both in a physical world that people can go to and in a digital copy of that world that people can go to. He says of the site whose location is still under wraps, then we've been connecting those two worlds so people in the physical world can look through a lens and see the digital world around them. People in the digital world will also have portals to see what the physical world looks like. It's almost like a telepresence for physical people and digital people. We've had hundreds of people working on it for years, and we still have a ways to go before it just works. Instead of just looking through a camera lens and having a video conference, you can feel like you're in the same place with another person, he says. This has to become a reality because right now people realize they can't travel. They can't spend time with other people in physical places. Even when they do come back, people are going to have to behave differently. Right now, people go on the internet and they play games with people everywhere all around the world. Well, let's just do the same concept. Let's put the movie together and then everybody from their homes can log in and play their part all in real time working remotely. Grossman sees progress, but says there's much more work to be done before these mirror worlds can be fully realized. One of the biggest blockers that we face for creating a truly comprehensive mirror world is the fact that you can't have any pre-recorded performances, which means that you have to have AI-powered characters. When AI gets sufficiently good enough, then we can create characters with it. 
He also warns that the current internet infrastructure isn't robust enough for these types of experiences. We need 5G. Everybody everywhere as quick as possible. Hollywood needs 5G to be able to create and display these new kinds of worlds that are much more interactive than the traditional video. So you actually get into the video and you play a part in it and live. That's bizarre. Tell me that's not bizarre. Revelation plagues. He agreed. He said it is bizarre. Okay, my friend David sent me something from Orthomolecular Medicine News Service. I'm not going to read the whole thing. It says, for immediate release, and there's one paragraph that was rather interesting. An article in the Wall Street Journal's Economy section on March 6, 2020 read, global viral outbreaks like coronavirus, once rare, will become more common. BBC also reported on March 25, 2020, COVID-19, the history of pandemics, that the rate of new epidemics like SARS, MERS, and COVID-19 has increased fourfold over the past century. The annual outbreak of epidemics in the last 40 years has doubled. In the short 20 years of the 21st century, there has been over 60 epidemics compared to the less than 100 epidemics in the entire 19th and 20th centuries combined. This sounds like the book of Revelation where there's plagues everywhere. The world is becoming more plague ridden is what it's telling you. This is about a 650% annual increase in the number of epidemics in the last 20 years compared to the 200 years prior. Moreover, there have been 11 epidemics in the 21st century that caused more than 1,000 fatalities, compared with the 14 epidemics in the 200 years prior. If we use fatality of 1,000 as a marker for severity, there has been an increase of 785%. It looks like we're heading right into the end times, the way the Bible described, doesn't it? Zero hedge. Yes, it does. Zero hedge, nearly 1.5 million more tuberculosis deaths expected due to coronavirus lockdowns. Tuberculosis, because people are locked down, they're not out breathing fresh air, and so you're killing more people than this ever is killed. Yeah, masks are doing it as well. Since the coronavirus outbreak forced doctors and hospitals around the world to delay most other medical care to focus 100% on combating the outbreak, Lapses in vaccination routines have led to the reemergence of diseases like polio and measles. Armed by this trend, one ER doctor and coronavirus survivor in the Bronx warned that the U.S. might as well end its coronavirus lockdowns now due to the impending wave of ancillary health issues. And now The Guardian, a far-left publication that has pushed for extended lockdowns, is even reporting that tuberculosis cases around the world are expected to surge. These lefties realize what they've done. Epic Times, 75,000 Americans at risk of dying from overdose or suicide due to CCP virus despair, public health group. So 75,000 is more than we've lost to, or about the same as we've lost to this epidemic already. From the Gateway Pundit, why do Democrat states have the highest number of coronavirus deaths? Why is it that the highest numbers of deaths related to the China coronavirus are in Democrat-led states? Why does New York City have thousands of more cases than Seoul, South Korea? What is going on? According to the CDC's data released on May 4, 2020, more than half of all deaths related to the coronavirus are in the small area of New York City, New York State, and New Jersey. In addition, when comparing total deaths in New York City to Seoul, the numbers are staggering. Seoul has more people in a more densely populated area, but as of a few days ago, it only incurred two deaths to date to New York City's 
thousands. According to the CDC, the total deaths that are categorized as coronavirus only stand at 38,576 as of May 4th, 2020. If you add up all the deaths for the states that President Trump won in 2020 election, you would find that 77% of the deaths occur in Democrat states. Also note that President Trump won 30 states, so it's a huge difference out of the 50 in the last election. Republicans, 8,860 deaths, 23%. Democrats, 29,760, 77%. These numbers are shocking. Are Democrat states overreporting deaths, or is there some other reason that Democrat states have nearly four out of five deaths in the U.S. due to the China coronavirus? Okay, I remember when this started, and Democrats were saying, we hope that all the Republican states die, okay? And then it's turned around, and it's the opposite here. From Superior Word News Services, I went out and I checked. Top states recorded with deaths. New York, New Jersey, Illinois, Massachusetts, California, Pennsylvania, Michigan, Connecticut, Louisiana, all Democrat states, and then finally, Florida. So I went to Florida, Superior Word News Service, top counties with recorded deaths, Miami, Broward, Palm Beach, all Democrat. So everything is Democrat. They're all dying because they're Democrat. I don't know, you tell me. From the American Institute for Economic Research, this is from my friend Caroline. I'm not going to read you the article. It's good. It's long. Go read it. Woodstock occurred in the middle of a pandemic, and they didn't have any lockdown there, did they? From her other category. From the Daily Caller, Dr. Burks reportedly believes coronavirus death toll inflated by up to 25%. From Zero Hedge, Martin Armstrong explains why no Democrat will admit the truth about COVID-19. Why are the Democrats refusing to address the recent information which confirms that COVID-19 has a death rate of less than 1%? Why do they continue to try to scare people and pass acts to invade our privacy? They have no incentive to tell the truth. They were the people who sold everything long before the World Health Organization declared anything about the virus. This has been an intended coup and that it is really the bottom line. It was a Democrat who from Illinois, the basket case of the United States, Bob Rush, who wants to effectively force people to be tested and to assist them in being imprisoned in their homes. That's H.R. 6666. They will not let this go because in September, when the next flu season begins, the Democrats will be running headlines that people are dying because Trump opened the economy. This is all they have to try to overthrow him. We will witness the most corrupt election in American history come 2020. Expect the votes to be rigged, the turmoil they will unleash on the nation, and the world may be far more than we can even speculate. They will never accept a Trump victory. It will be their way or no way. Be prepared. We are going into very difficult times in the next four months. Very difficult times. Zero Hedge. We sent them samples of a goat, a papaya, and a pheasant. Tanzanian president catches the World Health Organization in an epic lie. As the number of confirmed coronavirus cases explodes across, across Africa, the creeping involvement of the World Health Organization has made some leaders suspicious of the NGO. Tanzanian President John Magufuli was growing suspicious of the organization, so he reportedly decided to investigate whether the organization was as trustworthy and reliable as it claimed to be. He played what the local press described as a trick on the organization. 
He sent the World Health Organization samples of a goat, a papaya, and a quail for testing. All three samples reportedly tested positive. They have coronavirus. When the president heard the news, he reportedly confronted the World Health Organization, who then kicked the organization out of the country. Though, to be sure, the World Health Organization has yet to comment on the situation. That would suggest one of two conclusions. Either the strain of SARS-CoV-2 running amok in Tanzania is much, much more infectious than scientists understand, or the World Health Organization has been reporting incorrect results either on purpose or in an attempt to bolster its credibility in the face of President Trump's attacks or via error, yet another indication that the World Health Organization truly is badly broken. Doesn't matter. Either way, no more money, okay, from Yahoo. Despite lockdown, no let up in Chicago's murder rate. The streets of Chicago may be largely empty as residents hunker down from coronavirus, but some of the city's most deprived neighborhoods are still echoing to the sound of deadly gunfire and raucous partying. While significant falls in crime have been one of the few positive side effects of lockdowns in much of the United States and elsewhere, they have barely made a dent in the homicidal rate in Chicago a city that has long recorded the most murders in the country. Chicago police say that 56 murders were committed in April despite statewide stay-at-home orders, only a fraction lower than the 61 for the same month in 2019. While last weekend, the first of the new month, four people were killed and 46 others shot and wounded. So there you go. From the Epic Times, Barr says Justice Department will back Trump's push to overturn Obamacare. Good. From the Epic Times, enough is enough. Two Pennsylvania counties defy governor and reopen. From the Western Journal, after treating barely any patients for a massive $7.5 million each, 16 emergency COVID hospitals are standing down. I have seen post after post after post about how Trump is going to force Americans into vaccinations because he said he's getting the military ready. I've seen so many posts on this. I don't want any more of that sent to me or uh, tagged me in. Listen, he did the exact same thing with these. He had the military go in and build these and all the same conspiracy theorist people said the exact same thing. Trump is building camps to shove people in and blah, blah, blah. He's taking away their rights. Who do you think is behind this? This is not people that are on Trump's side. It is the left making up these things. And then the right stupidly picks up these articles and passes them on as if Trump is going to take the military and have everybody involuntarily vaccinated. That is not going to happen. Okay. That is not going to happen. He's getting the military ready. Exactly. Did with the wall. Exactly. As he did with this, exactly as he's done several other times. He is not going to involuntarily inject us. If I am wrong, I will stand up and I will admit it when it happens, but it is not going to happen. They do not want this man president. He is in their way and they will say anything. And these right-wing news services are so stupid that they just pick up these things and pass them on and everybody pulls on their face and thinks that they're going to be involuntarily injected with the mark of the beast. Forget that. Okay. Um, let's go on. A National Post sacrificed in the name of COVID patients, tens of thousands affected by surgery cancellations. I know several. I don't know one person that has gotten the COVID-19 coronavirus, not one. I know several people that have had their surgeries delayed or just completely 
eliminated. They're not even going to do them, okay? Almost 200,000 surgeries and other procedures were shelved indefinitely as hospitals brace for a deluge that never quite materialized. Once again, I am not diminishing that people are dying from this disease. If you're a sick person, you should stay home. If you're old and sick, you should stay home longer, etc., etc. But the fact is that this is not what has been put forth. And I said this from before the time it was ever reported in the news, and I've been consistent in this, and I've been right. First time I've ever been right about anything in my life except loving my mother and marrying my wife, but I got this right, okay? From the Wall Street Journal, New York Police Department expects post-pandemic crime surge. Oh, Coronavirus-related restrictions on social gatherings in hard-hit city led to steep drop in arrests. So now they're going to have these criminals that aren't arrested committing a lot of crime when they open up. From the Daily Wire, narrative fail. 15 days after lockdown ease, Georgia sees lowest day of COVID hospitalizations. Well, what do you think? Epic Times, despite reopening, Georgia sees steady decline in virus cases. From Yahoo, coronavirus cases in Georgia, Florida, continue to decline despite business openings. We've ruined an economy. We have tarnished. I went back through my old prophecy updates, and I may just do a prophecy update on this one subject for you, or I might not. I went back through all my old prophecy updates from February up until now. The articles on President Trump's economy were outstanding. Minorities, lowest rate of unemployment ever, greatest economy. It it went on. I couldn't believe the articles I was reading that a month ago were there that nobody remembers now because the left media is destroying this man. And we got Christians that are complicit in it. Christians that are complicit in it. Absolutely incredible. Okay. We got a lesser. Oh, I've got a double lesser here for you. I was short today. So here we go. One is from Les. One is from Kathy. Just how much should we trust the who? They might find the virus in glue. The numbers they cook and liberties they took. Why haven't they done the same with the flu? Be it papaya, pheasant, or goat, do not fear what may go down your throat. You might feel ill at ease thinking they bring disease. So say those who doth don the white coat. Very good. Good stuff there. Okay, I got a couple of ironies. This is the first time in over a month I don't have any coronavirus ironies. I'm so sick of the coronavirus. I just picked a couple that were from Fox. Wild bull elk scene destroying sign warning of wild elk at California National Park. They're actually destroying the sign. They're fighting. The sign is in between their things and the thing is just getting destroyed. Okay. Mail online. North Carolina man wins $2 million on the lotto by playing random numbers from a fortune cookie. Yeah, that's ironic. Such is the world we live in. So from Sarasota, Florida to Ulaanbaatar, Mongolia. I'm Charlie Garrett. This is the superior word, and that is your prophecy update for the week.